premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible, as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey folks, this is Joe Russiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Sermon Sunday on the Sword of the Spirit podcast. You know, folks, over the years, we've seen the tensions and conflicts around the world, and particularly in the Middle East, intensify. What I would like to point out to you today are four very simple reasons why war and conflict as we're presently observing, is necessary for four Bible prophecies to find their ultimate fulfillment. But before we get into today's message, I'm going to ask you to do just two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And go over to our contact section. And when you get over there, open up that web form. And why don't you send us over a message? Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, very important, don't forget to send over your prayer requests. Now, if you don't like to use the web form, that's fine. You can always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, also, folks, while you're on the website, would you also please look for that Support This Podcast button? And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set it up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 per month. Now, I know the economy is hard for everybody right now, so maybe doing a recurring contribution uh, might be a, a difficult thing for you right now. But uh, if you could, if you could consider maybe a one-time contribution, you can do that as well by clicking on the Waygiver button, or you can scan the Cash App QR code, which is on our website as well. But folks, no matter how you go about doing it, just pray about it first, and if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, and if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be extremely, extremely thankful for it. Now, as always, first and foremost, I want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ, first of all, for saving me, for rescuing me from hell. You know, 23 years ago, uh, yeah, 23 years this coming July, that uh, I heard the gospel message, even though I heard the message so many times over the course of my life to that point, it never really, I never heard it, like deep down, seriously heard it. I knew what it was, but it didn't have any effect on me. 
until that one day in July of 2020, uh, 2000, sorry, that I heard the gospel message come through loud and clear, crystal clear for the first time in my life. And I praise the Lord that he gave me the faith and the grace to respond to it. And from that day forward, it's been the most incredible experience you could have in your life. Knowing for the fact that your eternal destiny is heaven, that you're not going to be burning in an eternal hell. To have that security of knowing that all of my sin, past, present, future, has been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Praise the Lord for that. And it was so simple, folks. It was so simple. And we talked about it last week. You know, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's a free gift today. It's a free gift in this church age that we're in, this age of grace. But when this church age comes to a conclusion and the church is raptured out, the age of grace closes. And then you enter into the tribulation period where it becomes a faith plus works salvation, where you will be able to lose your salvation. Now you can't. Now you can't. God made it so simple for you today to get saved, to get born again, to experience the new birth. And all you have to do is put your faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Acknowledge the fact that there is nothing that you can do of yourself to get yourself into heaven. No good works that you do, no amount of giving that you do, no uh, church membership will get you there. Your baptism won't get you there. Nothing that you do, because God says all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. There's only one way. There's only one way that you're going to get into heaven. And that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not Buddha. It's not Muhammad. It's, uh, it's not uh, any other religion that you can name on the planet. It's Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. He paid your penalty for your sin. Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. When Jesus Christ was crucified on that cruel cross... It was God's blood that he shed. Well, how do you know that, preacher? Well, read Acts chapter 20, verse 28. The Bible's very clear. The blood that was shed was God's own perfect sinless blood. Because that's the only thing that'll pay the sin debt. So why don't you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today? Just like I did 23 years ago. Do it today. Do it before this show is over. It's not something you will ever look back on and regret. Do it today. Folks, I also want to say thank you to the Lord for allowing me to have this ministry, to be able to sit here, 
behind a microphone, to open up the Word of God twice a week, to share what I've learned and hopefully be a blessing to you. And uh, it's just a tremendous opportunity that the Lord has given me, and I am so very thankful for it. I also want to say thank you to all of you who support us prayerfully. Thank you so much for your prayers. Your prayers mean the world to us. Thank you for praying for us. It's such an encouragement to know that you guys are praying for for this ministry, uh, for my family, for, for me, uh, for those, those others that are listening to the show. It's a blessing to know that we're all praying for each other. So thank you so much for your prayers. Please keep praying. I also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. Again, your contributions go a very long way. It, co- it covers the, the majority of the expenses that we have to keep the show going twice a week. So thank you so very much for that. God bless you for it. And I also want to say thank you, of course, to every single one of you, every single one of you that listen faithfully to everything that we put out. God bless you for that. Our downloads and plays are really going up, and uh, it, it's just a mind-blowing experience for me. Uh, I think I may have mentioned it a, a few months ago, but you know, when, when I started doing this podcast, I did not expect to get past maybe 10 episodes, because this is, I think, the third or the fourth incarnation of this podcast. But uh, you know, the previous ones went absolutely nowhere. But this time, God has blessed it, he has expanded it, and, he, he, and, and it's all being done through you. So thank you so much for listening, for the downloads and plays, and uh, God bless you. Please keep doing so, keep sharing it, keep telling your friends and your family about it. It is so important, especially today. But of course, folks, wherever you're listening, whatever platform it is you're on, Be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, how about some announcements? folks just want to remind you that uh next thursday night our for our thursday night bible study we had to change the time for the show uh we'll be doing that at 9 p.m central central time 10 p.m eastern time uh that's because i have a work commitment that i have to be there for so uh won't be getting out on time to uh get ready for the show so next thursday night bible study will be moved to 9 p.m central time if you're part of our, um, our um, mailing list, we will be sending out a notification during the week just to remind you to keep it on your calendar that the showtime has been changed. Now, folks, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you pay us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, 
just visit the church's Facebook page. All you need to do is log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and once you get over there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information as well as episodes of this podcast. And again, we're, we're very thankful to the folks at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass for allowing us to post the show on the church's Facebook page, and of course also to uh, my pastor and my friend, Pastor John Monk, uh, for, uh, for allowing us to uh, do that as well. Just also, I like to make this, uh, this announcement once in a while, that is that this podcast is not an official ministry of First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. I am just a member of the church. I'm not an officer of the church. I'm not a, an associate pastor or anything like that. So um, that's why we are extremely thankful that our pastor and uh, the folks over at, Fir- at First Baptist Church that run the Facebook page uh, help us out by uh, allowing us the opportunity to post it there. So we are appreciative of that, and we, we're very thankful for it. Now, if you are interested in prepping, folks, I'd like to introduce you to the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast housing nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts and artists from around the country who release content virtually daily. The Contra Radio Network releases 15 to 20 shows a week depending on current events, and no issues are off-limits to any of these patriots. You want to break down a current events? Got it. You want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency? Hey, we got that too. You want, to, you want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? Believe it or not, for some reason, we have that. Uh, you want to hear about politics, Bible studies, sports, campings, firearms, and more? The Contra Radio Network has it all covered in spades. You can find them at www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. And it's also available on all of your major podcasting platforms. And again, we want to say thank you to the folks over at the Contra Radio Network for inviting us and allowing us uh, to take part in their network. You can catch all of our shows there as well. Folks, don't forget to sign up for the programming announcements subscription on our website. You could do that by finding that programming announcements box, fill out, fill out the little web form, get on the mailing list, so that when we have any kind of change in the programming, whether it's uh, a time change, like coming up this week, or if we have a guest, or if we're going to do an additional show during the course of the week, whatever the program change is, we're going to send out an email notification through that, uh, through that mailing list. It doesn't cost you anything. We don't sell your information, and you're not going to get spammed by us with a lot of stuff that you don't want or at, that you didn't ask for. So uh, just get on the mailing list, stay in the know, And uh, we'll be emailing you soon. All right. Don't forget, also on our website, we have our Sword Swag section where you can get one of these super nice Sword of the Spirit podcast ceramic coffee mugs, which I am holding in my hot little hand right here. And, of course, as usual, we got to take a sip. Mm. That came out good today. Mm. We are drinking some nice hot green tea with honey and lime. Um, got a little scratchy throat this morning, so that's a that's a good blessing for it. All right, so you can get that uh, ceramic coffee mug for a twenty five dollar contribution, or you could also find our Sword of the Spirit podcast T shirts in men's and women's style, and you can get that for a thirty five dollar contribution. All you need to do is just click on the info button, send us your contact information, and we will send you the link of where you can make your contribution, and then we will get that out to you as soon as we possibly can. 
All right, folks, again, if you are in the Eagle Pass area, Thursday, March 30th at 5.30 p.m., why don't you come on out and join the folks at Maverick Nursing and Rehabilitation for the Spring Festival. There'll be egg hunts, music, cakewalk, uh, games, food, and more. For more information, please call 830-757-8566. That's 830-757-8566 to get more information on the Spring Festival at Maverick Nursing and Rehab, 3106 Bob Rogers Drive, Eagle Pass, Texas. All right, folks. Well, uh, we have completed our announcements. We're moving along really well here. We're going to take our first break of the afternoon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening!
Amen, amen, and amen, and welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Ruciello, and uh, we're moving right along here in the opening segment of the show, and we're going to come over to our prayer request segment. And uh, as always, we start off our uh, prayer requests by praying for those that are in need of salvation. Salvation, again, is the most important decision you're ever going to make in your life, folks, the most important decision. It's not something that should be put off. It's not something that you should... uh, try to, um, uh, like some of the things that you hear from so many people when you talk about, uh, their need for salvation is, well, you know, preacher, I got, I got a few things I got to take care of first. Well, there's nothing that you need to take care of that's more important than getting saved. So if you haven't done that, if you haven't put your faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, do it today. Do it today. For is appointed unto men once to die, and then the judgment. When you close your eyes here, you're going to wake up in hell if you're not saved, and in heaven if you are saved. There's no intermediate place. There's no purgatory. There's none of that. It's one or the other, folks. You could do nothing and end up in hell. Or you could ask the Lord Jesus Christ to save you and save you today. So today we're praying for my mom, Diane. We're praying for my sister, Laura. We're praying for David. We're praying for the unsaved members of the Baldino family. We're praying for Jackie. We're praying for Sharon as well. And we're also praying for uh, a young man's mom uh, from our church, Manuel's mother. Uh, I don't have her name. I'm, I'm going to try to get it for us uh, later on today, if possible. Uh, but we're praying for, for these folks on our uh, salvation prayer list today. Heavenly Father, we want to ask you today, Lord, that you would just speak to the hearts of those in our prayer list for salvation. Father, we pray that you would just uh, open up an opportunity for someone to minister unto them, to speak to them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I know that my mom and my sister have, have heard me talk about it many, many times. They listen to the show. They hear me mention them every show we do. David has heard me talk about the Lord Jesus Christ many times. I've witnessed to David many times. But Lord, they need to get saved. I know Manuel's mom hears about it from him. He's a new Christian. He's a babe in Christ, and he's on fire for the Lord, and I know that he's talking to his mom about it. The Baldino family, Sharon, I know that they have heard the gospel message. I know that they've been witness to. They need to get saved. Father, we pray that you would, you would cultivate those seeds that have been planted. And if uh, we're not the ones able to, uh, to reap the harvest, Lord, that you would raise someone up who can. 
Father, we just lift them up to you today. We ask you, Father God, to save them. Lord, show them mercy. Give them the grace and the faith they need to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will thank you for it. For it's in the lovely name of the Lord Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, moving on down the list here. We're going down to our uh, sick list. Okay, let's see. We are praying for Danny. Danny, Danny is a six-year-old young man who uh, was involved in a car accident, and um, uh, there's a possibility they may have to amputate one of his arms. So we want to lift up Danny. Father, we just pray for Danny. We ask you, Lord, that you would just touch him and bring healing. Lord, not allow uh, his arm to have to be amputated. Father God, please, we ask this in Jesus' name. We're also praying for Mario Martinez, who is in the hospital with a heart condition. Uh, Nicole has asked for prayer for her grandmother, who's starting dialysis, and also she's not feeling well today, so we're going to pray for Nicole as well. Uh, We're praying for Tom, who's recovering from surgery, Pastor Martin, uh, who has a a heart condition, uh, poor vision, blood pressure problems, eczema, uh, some medication issues that he's been uh, struggling with. And so we want to lift up Pastor Martin to you. Lord, we also want to pray for Hezekiah, who will be going for a biopsy uh, this coming week. I believe they said Tuesday. Lord, we're also praying for Mary Perez, uh, who's battling cancer. Father, we lift up my mom, Diane, to you, who's in a a rehab center in uh, in New York and recovering from COVID and from uh, other health issues that, uh, that she had had over the last couple of weeks. We're also praying, Lord, for my sister, Laura, uh, with a slip disc in her back. Praying for uh, Sister Bernice, who's been battling cancer, and uh, she has now started a new treatment. So, Lord, we want to pray for uh, Sister Bernice, and, Lord, we just trust that you would, you would touch her body, you'd bring healing, Lord, and that uh, you would use these new treatments uh, that she's undergoing to, uh, to, to battle this cancer with her. Father God, we just pray and lift her up to you. We also pray for her mom, who's... Uh, who also has cancer and is waiting for the appropriate medications uh, to come through for her. Lord, we lift up Janae. Janae is, uh, is, uh, uh, is dealing with a heart condition as well. Uh, Lord, we just lift her up to you, and we just pray that you would just touch her. Lord, you would bring healing. Lord, you would bring comfort. And Lord, that uh, you would also um, soften her heart towards uh, the folks in her family. Uh, Lord, we're praying for Furman, who is in the hospital uh, with cancer, and uh, Lord, we're just praying that you would just continue to touch him, and Lord, that you would bring healing and comfort in these, uh, in these days that he has ahead. We're praying for Sharon Baldino with cancer. Lord, we just lift her up to you as well. Martin Mata, also uh, battling cancer, uh, lymphoma uh, specifically. Uh, and also, Father, we lift up Daniel Villarreal, who was uh, diagnosed a couple of weeks ago with leukemia. And so, Lord, we just lift up all of those on our sick list to you today. We ask you, Father God, to touch each one to bring healing, to bring comfort, to bring grace. And, Lord, we just ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Moving on down our list here, we're going to pray for uh, my brother-in-law, Jude, and for his business and for his uh, safe travels. We're praying for Federico Salinas, a good brother in Christ and uh, a good friend of mine. We're lifting him up in prayer. We're praying for Angel uh, for her pregnancy. We're praying for her husband, Alex, and his job. Uh, we're praying for Alex Herrera, 
uh, that the Lord would put a hedge of protection around him and uh, that uh, he would uh, bolster him up in his walk with the Lord. We're praying for Jessica for her walk with the Lord, Isabella for her walk with the Lord. We're also uh, praying for Furman as well and uh, uh, for uh, for the Lord to uh, show favor in getting him into a good nursing home to be able to get him settled before uh, his, his uh, son heads back to work and that uh, the Lord would allow him to survive and live to the rapture. And we're also praying for uh, Hector, Molina, and Hezekiah for their upcoming appointments in San Antonio. So, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you again that you are the God of answered prayer. Lord, we lift up all of those in our prayer list here today. Uh, We ask you your special blessings on on Hector, Molina, and Hezekiah for their appointment, for Fairman, for... um, for uh, his stay in the hospital, for uh, Alex Herrera, for his particular needs, for Jessica and Isabella, for their walk with the Lord, for Angel and her pregnancy, for Alex and his job, for uh, Brother Salinas and uh, in, in his uh, in his next stage in life, and also for my brother-in-law Jude. Lord, we commit them all to you, and we ask you just to bless them in any way possible, and we will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, folks, now we also have the unspoken prayer list. We have, these are our prayer requests that uh, perhaps we just couldn't find the right words to uh, describe the need or something so very personal that um, only the Lord really needs to know about, and uh, the details at least anyway. So we're going to pray for uh, Larissa, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, Brother Hector, Mike Elizalde, Manuel, Angela, and myself for my prayer need. So, Heavenly Father, for those of us that are on the unspoken prayer list, Lord, you know exactly what our needs are. And, Father God, we just pray that you would just touch each one on the list, Lord. I pray that you would answer each prayer according to their need, not greed. Lord, we pray that uh, that uh, you would uh, you would answer those prayers according to your perfect will for, for us in our lives. And that, Lord, of course, as always, you would receive all the honor and the glory that is due from it. Father, help us today, Lord, as we open up the Word of God and and study uh, these important prophecies that lay before us. Lord, give us the words to speak and help us, Father God, as we reach out to those that are lost. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, folks, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, you can always email them to me by going over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, going over to our contact section and filling out the web form, or you can always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And if you have a an active Spreaker account and you are currently logged in, you could always jump into our chat room and you can post your prayer request there and we'll get it on the list as well. All right, so uh, we're not discussing any missionaries today. We don't have any listener questions, no birthdays to mention. So that means that we're going to take our second break here, and that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of coffee, maybe a bottle of water, and when we come back, we'll be getting into today's message on what in the world is going on. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be right back after this. (laughs) 
the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. 
Its doctrines are holy. Its precepts are binding. Its histories are true. And its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise. Believe it to be safe. And practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and uh, you know, when you hear that, it's time for us to open up our Bibles and get down to business in studying the Word of God. This is episode 80, believe it or not, episode 80, and today we're going to talk about what is going on in the world. Now, you know, over the years, we, you know, we've seen tensions and conflicts around the world, have we not? And particularly in the Middle East. And, uh, and all of these conflicts and all of these tensions uh, just seem to grow in intensity. With every new conflict, it just grows and grows and grows. And uh, particularly in the Middle East, you know, it's, a, it's an age-old battle over a tiny piece of real estate and a land grant that was given by God and all the controversy that's involving that. And by virtue of the fact of that controversy, um, that controversy has been raging for so many centuries. That alone should help you understand that there's much more at stake here than just your average, usual conflict. You know, the boundaries of countries come and go, and they change over the centuries. You know, one country gets absorbed by another country, you know, and, and that type of thing just goes on and on and on. Boundary lines in Europe changed many, many times during the course of and after wars. You know, Poland and Austria's boundary lines moved several times during World War II. Is, is the controversy still raging there? No, it's not. But it is in the Middle East, and it has for centuries, and it will continue to do so. And that, in and of itself, should tell you that there's something more than just a human element going on here. There's something more involved. There are divine principles that are being invoked here, and there, is a, and there really is a, a satanic host that is adamantly opposed to it. You know, um, years ago, uh, you know, changing, changing boundaries uh, you know, is, not, uh, is not something that just happens during wartime either, you know. Uh, years ago, where I lived up in New York, um, there was a movement for—I lived in Staten Island— there was a movement for Staten Island to secede from New York City, which I thought was a great idea myself, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, ultimately, nothing came of it. But the point of it was, is, uh, the point of it is, is that I don't think 
that it was going to be a war that was going to be fought and blood that was going to be spilled for centuries. You know, upstate New York would like to separate from New York City. It's two different worlds. If you go, if you go to upstate New York, I mean, they think different, they act different, they vote different. Everything about it is different. But if that ever took place, I don't think you would find centuries of bloodshed over it. You see what I'm trying to say? The Middle East is definitely a unique place, and it deserves our considered attention. And, uh, you know, as, uh, as time goes on, and, and even though, you know, we've suggested the fighting and bloodshed is nothing new and will continue over there, um, a lot of the things that are going on right now it's, uh, in, in, in the Middle East and with Ukraine and Russia, you know, all point to some larger points of Bible prophecy finding fulfillment. So what I'd like to do today is point out four very simple reasons why war and conflict, as we're presently observing it, is necessary. And it's a strange thing. It is. But war and the continued strife and the hostility are necessary for four Bible prophecies to find their ultimate fulfillment. So should we be alarmed? No. Should we be shook up? Absolutely not. We should not at all have any type of despair when we see these things going on. I mean, it's not that we find any particular solace or comfort in people dying. We don't. I mean, regardless of what side they're on. But it grieves us when people go into eternity without Jesus Christ. Amen? It certainly does. But the idea is that you need to know is that, and, and you need to understand that there are some ingredients that are in the process of fulfilling God's prophecy, and they are taking place. Now, oftentimes and frequently in history, God has used these kinds of events and circumstances to fulfill his will. For example, one great Bible historian said this. He said, World War I took place to get the land ready for the Jews. More than any other singular reason, and you can read all the secular history books about all of the events that unfolded and why World War I took place, but the general consensus from a biblical point of view is that the land needed to be prepared for the Jews so that God's promise of Israel going back and occupying the land that God gave them as a national entity could take place. There was no place in the world of international politics for that to happen prior to World War I. And as a result of World War I, uh, there was a Jewish-British scientist by the name of Chaim Weissman uh, who invented a synthetic acetone that could be used for smokeless gunpowder. And that tremendously aided the Allies' cause in World War I, and that helped them. And that helped them secure victory earlier than anticipated. Now, in gratitude to Dr. Weissman, the British government asked, you know, well, what can we do for you? And he said, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to award the land of Palestine to my people. As a result, the Balfour Declaration of 1917, issued by the British government, essentially did that. That got the ball rolling. Now, the land was ready for the Jew. The problem was the Jew wasn't ready for the land. The problem was there were Jewish people scattered all throughout Eastern Europe, and they were an integral part of the economy, and they were making a lot of money. So they really had no particular predisposition to return to the land of Palestine that was, of course, uh, engulfed in poverty. So God said, all right, I guess we'll just have to create another war to get the Jew ready for the land. 
hence World War II. By the time the war was over, they were more than ready to go back. Now, I know that people come up with all kinds of reasons for World War II, but if you look, if you look beyond all that and you, and you look into the Bible— you'll see that God uses and moves and motivates international and national circumstances to accomplish his will in fulfilling the Word of God and Bible prophecy. So, now that's just a composite picture of the last century. Now, we have conflicts going on in the Middle East and in Ukraine, and it may erupt into a full-blown war, and that's, you know, that's what all the you know, international politicians are very concerned about. It may really spread and we may actually have a nuclear shooting blowout over the over this whole thing but you know come what may come what may god says that it's necessary and let me give you four reasons why four reasons why number one the bible portrays the coming man of sin the son of perdition the antichrist coming and making his appearance on the national and international stage as what as a peacemaker. Now, in order to have a peacemaker, you need to have war. You gotta has a you gotta have to have a you have to have a reason for someone to come offering the olive branch of peace, and allegedly be able to arrive at a plausible um, conclusion and solution to bring about peace. You know, someone needs to step up on the international platform and say, "I can actually activate peace." And it needs to be someone that the world will actually recognize and listen to. So take your Bible and let's go over to Daniel chapter 11. Daniel chapter 11. There would be no necessity laid down for that were it not for the present or other type of conflicts. Now, I don't know if this present conflict is going to be the initiator of the Antichrist, but I know that conflict in general will. Now, in Daniel chapter 11 and verse 21... And uh, Daniel 11, verse 21. Now, I don't have time to explain all of this text today, but what we do, we'll pick it up in verse 21. And in his estate shall stand up a vile person, to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. And with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown from before him, and shall be broken, yea, also the prince of the covenant. And after the league made with them, he shall work deceitfully, for he shall come up and shall become strong with a small people. He shall enter peaceably, even upon the fattest places of the province, and he shall do that which his fathers have not done, nor his father's fathers. He shall scatter among them the prey and spoil and riches, yea, and he shall forecast his devices against strongholds, even for a time. All right, so there's an awful lot of prophecy packed into that one verse right there. For our purposes today, the Antichrist comes with a giant olive branch. He comes as a man of peace. It's interesting that, that, that somewhere in the midst of this whole discussion, in verse 22, and with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown from before him. Now, one reason... or one of several reasons I know this is the Antichrist, is that a flood is hooked up to the Antichrist in three different passages of Scripture. Look back over in Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 26. Daniel chapter 9, verse 26. 
And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. So that's another Antichrist passage, and there's a flood connected to it. A flood shows up in Daniel 11, and then in one more place, look, look in Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. We're about to make an assessment of this flood thing. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Now the woman in Revelation 12 is Israel and the serpent, the devil, the Antichrist, the devil incarnate seeks to destroy God's people with a flood. Now, if you go back to Genesis chapter 6, the flood in Noah's day was a type of the tribulation. And the tribulation saints that survived the tribulation are typed in Noah and his family that survived the flood. That's why Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, you know, preparing Israel for an impending tribulation, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So there's a flood connected with the thing, and, and this one is initiated by the devil himself in an attempt to destroy God's people, Israel. I mean, that's kind of a sidebar to the issue, but I wanted you to see that connection right there. It's, in fact, a discussion of the Antichrist. He comes in peaceably. So in other words, we have to have a conflict of such proportion and such notoriety that, and such dimension that it's going to take a very unusual personality to come in and actually be able to offer a peace agreement that all the parties will recognize. And then, in fact, he does. He does. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6. Now, this coming Thursday, we're going to be getting into more detail in Revelation chapter 6. So we're not going to spend too much time on it here, but make sure you listen in on, on Thursday evening. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 1. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and him that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now, if you read on, of course, these are clearly identifiable as what are generally known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse here in Revelation chapter 6. The first one is a rider on a white horse, and he comes with a bow. Now, some commentators have, have mistaken this for Jesus Christ himself. Folks, this is not Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ shows up as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, written on his thigh in Revelation chapter 19, and he comes with a sword, and the sword is the Word of God. This one shows up with a bow. No arrows mentioned, by the way, just a bow. And he comes on a white horse. You know what he is? He's the great imitator. He shows up offering peace on a white horse, but he's the great imitator. And by the way, do you know what the sign of the ancient bowman was? If you go down through antiquity and you study the sign of the ancient bowman, you know what? They were a tight fraternity, you know, back over many centuries. And the sign of the ancient bowman was, you know, and you've seen it. You've seen it. You've seen politicians do it. You've seen the Pope do it. 
It's when they put up those two fingers in the V shape. You know, peace. Do you ever watch these people in these in, in like these uh, Occupy movements? You know, and 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 down through history. You know, like Richard Nixon, Winston Churchill, and like I said, the popes. And they have no idea what they're throwing out there. They're just typing a man to come who's going to show up on an international stage and say peace. So the Antichrist must come in peace. He must come and conquer with peace and flatteries. So in other words, his primary conquering is with his tongue, with what he says, with words. Look over at Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Jesus, in the Olivet Discourse, uh, is giving us several things to to observe in anticipation of the tribulation. And he says to the disciples in verse 6, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. These things must come to pass. They must come to pass. Wars and rumors of wars. And then you go down to verse 15, and he says, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Now the abomination of desolation is the Antichrist. The wars and and rumors of wars are necessary so that the man of sin, the son of perdition, can step forward and say, I've got the answer. Now, you know what the world is desperately looking for today as we speak? Someone that can show up and bring all of these factions together and actually hammer out some kind of truce. The world is sufficiently prepared for the advent of that person. All right, number two. We need, we need the conflict and the wars over there so there might be the final confederation of a revived Roman Empire. Now, ever since I've been saved, you know, I've been reading books about prophecy and Bible commentaries, and, you know, I've observed that revived Roman Empire is Bible student language. Now, if you, if you read a lot of books on bi- prophecy, you'll pick up on that. You'll see it. There's something that, that, that's something that a lot of students of the Word of God use, revived Roman Empire, in the context to a future kingdom headed up by the Antichrist. You know, they realized that by a study of the book of Daniel and Revelation, primarily, that God has said to us that the Roman Empire has never become extinct. It never went away. It just went underground. The Roman Empire exists to this very day. It just went underground and assumed on the surface a religious form. I mean, folks, they still call it the Roman Catholic Church, do they not? It's a Roman church by all acknowledgement. But make no mistake about it, Rome still exists because the Roman church has a political agenda. Folks, did you know that, that it's the only church in the world that hosts in their headquarters at the Vatican ambassadors from foreign countries? Now that's political. Did you know that the United States has an officially designated ambassador to the Vatican? It's a political personality. They have ambassadors from all over the world there. So make no mistake about it. 
The Bible is absolutely correct when it suggests to us that one day the Roman Empire of old will be revived. There has to be events that take place to lead to the revival of that. Now, years ago when the European Union first came on the scene, I remember seeing articles uh, written, and uh, there was one particular one that was uh, written by a syndicated columnist named Georgianne Geyer. Um, I, I still had the article, so uh, and the headline was pretty interesting. And this is years ago. right? The headline, though, is pretty interesting. It says, Perspectives change as European Union expands its reach. Now, let me read the subheadline to you. It's beginning to seem as though there's a new Roman Empire loosed in the world with the United States as Rome. I'm just going to read on a couple of parts of the... Uh, well, you know what? I don't really have time. But um, if you can look it up, look up this article. It's, uh, you can probably find it online. Perspective change as European Union extends, expands its reach. Uh, Georgianne Geyer. Uh, just a, a quick summary of it. Uh, Georgianne Geyer, what what she does is she borrows some Bible student terminology that we've been using for years and, uh, you know, revived Roman Empire. And she probably knows little, if anything, about the Bible. I highly doubt that she's a professing Christian. I don't know. But the point of it is, is that the world was talking about the same thing that we've been talking about for a very long time. Now, we see the blueprint on the drawing board of world politics, a revived Roman Empire, primarily, although not exclusively, consolidated in Europe, and she says the United States, United States as Rome itself. But I'm not so sure about that. But let's go over to Re- Revelation chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17. So what do we need? We need some wars to initiate some things. So, number one, the entrance of the Antichrist, who comes in as a peacemaker. Number two, the confederation of the revived Roman Empire, which will ultimately be the primary kingdom of the Antichrist himself. Now, Revelation chapter 17 and verse 11. Revelation chapter 17 and verse 11. And the beast that was, now of course this beast is the beast of Revelation 13. This is the beast, this is the beast of the Antichrist. And the beast that was, and is not, even he is the eighth, and of the, and of the seventh, and goeth forth into perdition. All right, now, Paul, in Second Thessalonians, calls him the son of perdition, the Antichrist. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. Now, that particularly caught my attention where it says, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. And then this article said that they were talking about adding ten kingdoms. Stick with the Bible, folks. Let science and education catch up later. They're always way behind. All right, verse 13. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. All right, so here we have, uh, you have a kingdom that's arising, characterized by ten horns. All right, turn over to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. Once again, let's review. We have the need for conflicts around the world in the Middle East to prepare and pave the way for the entrance of Antichrist. 
We need the conflict so that, they can, so that it may continue to expedite the confederation of the revived Roman Empire. Now in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 19, Daniel 7 verse 19, Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, and his nails of brass, which devoured, break in pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet. And the ten horns, there they are again, those ten horns, that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. Now the little horn is a reference again to the man of sin, the Antichrist. Until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that saints possessed the kingdom, thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down, and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall arise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall, shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given unto his hand until a time and times and, a dividing, and the dividing of times. There is a lot of doctrine there, a lot of doctrine Suffice it to say, though, for our purposes today, this man of sin, the little horn, is connected with these ten kings and this revived Roman Empire. And it all kind of dovetails together. It all kind of dovetails together. All right, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. I just gave you a lot of information. We have a couple more points to go. So we're going to take our last break of the afternoon here. And when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll wrap all this up in uh, just a few minutes. Don't forget, folks, to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away. healing and grace our 
Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and uh, we've been going through uh, uh, four reasons and four prophecies that must be fulfilled uh, and by, by war, conflict, rumors of war, and such, and uh, it's been a, a lot of information I've thrown a lot of information out at you. I've already given you two of the reasons already. I'm going to give you two more. Number three. Number three here. Uh, war and bitterness and all the hostilities that are 
there today are absolutely necessary because world opinion has to gather against Israel. Take your Bible and head over to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. And while you're heading on over there, uh, don't forget to uh, like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Folks, if you are logged into Spreaker, why don't you jump on into the chat room and say hello. And uh, it'd be a blessing to have you there. Revelation chapter 12. You know, Israel has always been a people that have been beleaguered and persecuted. And, of course, it's all within the ranks of Bible prophecy and its fulfillment. Uh, you know, we've seen certain types of this throughout history, in the day, like, for example, in the, in the days of Ferdinand and Isabella. Uh, we've seen types of this in the Great Holocaust of World War II. We've seen other types throughout history, but you have not seen the Holocaust of Holocausts yet. That's yet to take place. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 13, And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth... He persecuted the woman which brought forth the child, the man-child, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. Now, comparing Bible with Bible with Bible, that time and times and half a time, that time is one year, times is two years, and half a time is a half a year. So now you have three and a half years. What's in discussion here is the last half of the Great Tribulation. You have three and a half years where the woman is tremendously persecuted. You see, the Antichrist shows up once again uh, on this international platform, and he forges a peace in Daniel chapter 9 with all the hostile elements in the Middle East. And for a short, temporary period of time, he invokes peace, and that what makes him the hero. Everybody says, you know, all hell, Antichrist. They'll sing, you know, hell to the chancellor, hell to the king, you know, hell to whatever it is. You know, all the various titles that the Word of God has uh, ascribed to him. And, um, you know, by the way, by the way, the second most important personality in your Bible, as far as being typed and pictured and being illustrated, is the Antichrist second only to Jesus Christ himself. You know, you have 18 different personalities in your Bible that type the Antichrist, starting with Cain and moving to Nimrod and Pharaoh and Nebuchadnezzar and working right on through the Bible, Ahab, ending with Judas Iscariot. You have 18 types of the Bible, 18. That's 6 plus 6 plus 6. That's an interesting number, isn't it? in the light of Revelation 13. So the devil seeks to persecute the woman. So world opinion has to gather against Israel in order for the Antichrist to do that. Look with me over in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. So in other words, a general underlying foundation of animosity and hatred has to exist. In this politically correct world that you and I live in, folks, you know, People love to talk about prejudice and bigotry. But you know something? It's rarely mentioned when it's against Jews. Now, if you want to study international historical bigotry for centuries, you study the Jewish people. They've had a dose of it, and it's not over yet. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 9. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. For my namesake. 
Now, why would the Jew be hated of all nations for the name of Jesus Christ when they don't even profess to acknowledge him? When they don't even profess to have any allegiance whatsoever? Why would the nations hate Israel for the name of Jesus Christ? The Antichrist forges a peace that lasts three and a half years. Then in Revelation chapter 9, literally all hell breaks loose. And all of a sudden, there's a tremendous international hatred and animosity unleashed against Israel. And Jesus says, it's because of my name. Well, do you know what happens in the middle of the tribulation? In Revelation chapter 10, Jesus Christ reveals himself to Israel. And in the book of Zechariah, they receive him, for they see him whom they have pierced, whom they slew, and they receive him corporately. And then the valley of dry bones of Ezekiel 38 begin to rattle and shake. And then all of a sudden, we have a national conversion on the part of Israel. And as a nation, they turn and receive their real Messiah. And once they claim him, the world says, we hate them for his name's sake. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. All right, let me give you the last one. Number four, the strife must continue because the sovereignty of nations has to be dissolved. Now, for as long as I can remember, I've seen signs and bumper stickers that say, get us out of the UN. Have you seen those? Now, even though politically I agree 100% with that, I'm kind of amused by it because I know that realistically there isn't a popsicle's chance in hell of that ever, of that ever happening. How do I know that? Because national, national sovereignty in the light of Bible prophecy must continue to diminish and give way to international court systems which are being implemented more and more. In fact, the world community is mad at us because we refuse to partake of the international court system. But, you know, eventually we'll succumb to it. We will. Now, God is a nationalist, and you don't have to get far in your Bible to realize that. God, in the millennial kingdom, will establish 12 nations in the world after the tribes of Israel with very strict boundaries that are outlined in the Word of God for specific reasons. God is a nationalist. The devil is an internationalist. The devil thinks internationally. The spirit of Antichrist is already among us, the Word of God says. The devil is into mixing nations and mixing people. Acts chapter 17 says that the more you mix the melting pot, the less predispositions those people have to receive the truth. Interesting, isn't it? All you have to do is be a Bible sociologist to understand and, to, and study cultures uh, of people to see that. You know, a missionary knows that. When a missionary goes to a particular culture, he has to make certain, certain adaptations to that culture to reach them. Now, I'm not talking about compromise or, or anything like that. I'm talking about adaptation to reach them. He has to reach them with, within the parameters of their culture. Now, what happens when you mix three or four cultures all together? Now, what do you do? You got a mess on your hands, don't you? The Lord is a nationalist. The devil is an internationalist. And so all of these nationalist ideas, mentalities, and boundaries have to be broken down. They must be broken down. So in other words, the sovereignty of nations has to be absolved. You know, there, there was a story in the news uh, some, you know, some time ago about a, a school principal that decided that the students in her school weren't going to pledge allegiance to the flag because it was offensive to other cultures. 
you know what that's a prelude to? You know, let's break down the sovereignty of the country. You know, let's just break it down. Let's just tear apart the tapestry of national sovereignty, and let's go back into the grade schools and the middle schools and teach our kids that that's inappropriate. You know, it's all part of the grand scheme and program. The sovereignty of nations has to be absolved. I mean, look what's going on right now. And, you know, the U.N., the, U- the U.S., with, with its various ambassadors, you know, they're all trying to attempt to tell Israel what to do and how to do it, right? You know, which we try to order them around. You know, Israel's response has been, and, uh, and, and it's probably said a lot more diplomatically and nicer, but essentially the Israeli prime ministers have always said, you know, we're not your employee, you know, we don't work for you. We work for the Jewish people. We're trying to protect them. But there's, there's such an international mentality that's absorbed the world today that they think that, you know, they ought to do what we tell them to do. All right? Go over to Revelation 13. Revelation 13. So you have to understand the bigger picture, and that, and that is that there is this constant move and war in the Middle East, and it propagates and feeds the fire of this idea that Israel and other countries ought to submit to international opinion. Revelation 13 and verse 1, And I stood upon the stand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Now in Daniel chapter 7, you don't have to turn there. It would take a very long time to try to work it all out, but you can look at it. You could study it out. You don't have to take my word for it. But uh, in antiquity, the leopard stood for Rome, the bear stood for Greece, and the lion stood for Persia. But it's one of those many prophecies in the Bible that have a double application. Not only does it have an application to antiquity, but there's also an application to end-time events. Daniel makes that clear if you read the whole book. The leopard in modern times stands for the United States. You know how I know that? The leopard has three colors, right? It's black, yellow, and he's white. It's an amalgamated you know, melting pot. That's what America is. But that's not all. We're Roman in our judicial system. We're Roman in our educational system. We're Roman in the way we number. We're Roman in more ways than you can imagine. And to top it all off, the predominant religion in America today is called what? Roman Catholicism. So so the United States is clearly a leopard in Daniel chapter 7. And his feet were as the feet of a bear. Now that hooks up with Greece. And the modern day bear, the modern day bear is Russia. The parallels are just amazing between Greece and Russia. For example, the Russian alphabet is basically the Greek alphabet. They just, they just very slightly changed it. And if you really study the Russian alphabet, um, study the Russian language, it's all based on Greek. And the official church in Russia is what? It's the Greek Orthodox Church. But that's not all. We see there's a lion here as the mouth of a lion. Now, England has a crest, and on that crest, they have a lion, and they call that a griffin. It's a lion with wings. Did you know 
that it was the exact same symbol for ancient Persia, and archaeologists have dug up artifacts of lions with wings that date all the way back to ancient Persia. There are only two kings in all of history that commissioned the Jew to repatriate, to go back to their land. One was a Persian king named Darius. The other was an English king, King George. The parallels are amazing. I've just given you a few, but you keep looking. You keep looking for them. So what the Lord is doing in the last days is he's given you by indication three superpowers, the United States, England, and Russia. All right, look down in verse 7. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. This Antichrist has what? He has certain power over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Now, in order for him to do that, there'll have to be a general breakdown in the sovereignty of nations, and ultimately, all will have to bow to his superpower, whatever it's called at the time, the United Nations or whatever name they choose to call it. So that's the scheme. That's the whole setup. And as we look at what's going on in the world today, I just see more grease being put on the skids for all of these things that we've discussed to be activated. Is it discouraging? Oh, no, no, no. Quite to the contrary. Lift up your heads. Your redemption draweth nigh. You know, it's kind of exciting when you think about it. You know, this world is not my own. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Amen, amen, and amen. You know, folks, don't get your hope hooked up too much with the stuff of this world because God's going to melt it with fervent heat, Peter says. Just think about that brand new car melting down, that brand new house melting down, all the gold and all the silver in the world melting down. I mean, aren't you glad that you got a better hope? Aren't you glad that you've got a book that indicates the events, even as we look at them and observe them, uh, are a prelude to what God says must take place? Wars and rumors of wars, and they must take place. Must. You know, thank God for the Word of God that interprets these events for us and gives us clarity. And, you know, as we look at current events in the world and we look into the future, we have the sure word of prophecy, and that is the Word of God, your King James Bible. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for, for the reading, the preaching, and the teaching of your Holy Word. Father, we ask your particular blessing on each one of us as, as we go our separate ways. Father, we thank you so much for the love and the mercy you've shown us through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for uh, revealing to us the truth that is contained in your word. Father, we ask your special blessing. And if there's any listening under the sound of my voice that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, just put upon their hearts that they could avoid all of this tribulation, the great tribulation, if they put their full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they do it now, and they do it today. And all they need to do is just ask the Lord to save them. All they need to do is, Heavenly Father, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I'm on my way to hell. 
Please wash me clean with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and forgive me of my sin. That's all you need to do. That's all it takes. And again, it's not the prayer that saves you. It's believing on the blood, that the blood is sufficient. The prayer just acknowledges your belief. But why don't you say it today? Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for the day. We ask you to bless us as we depart. And Lord, we pray that uh, you'd bring us together again Thursday evening for our Thursday night Bible study as we continue to study the book of Revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks, thanks for taking the time to listen today. God bless you for it. We really do appreciate you spending your time with us today. Don't forget to head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Send us over a message. Look for that support this podcast button. And don't forget, folks, to win the lost no matter the cost. Until Thursday, God bless you. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.